You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard Dynasty Show. I'll be your host this week, Matt. You can follow me on Twitter at MattFFDynasty. And with me as always, we've got the band back together. We've got the, the Dream 3. So I welcome my first co-host, Ali. You can follow on Twitter at FFDynastyGrill. Ali, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Thank you, Matt. It's, like you say, it's great to get the three of us back together. <laughs> um, hopefully you finish finish your party, and although I think you might be... Uh, Fighting a bit longer with uh, the Giants' record and the schedule they got coming up, but um, but yes, good times. Personally, not for me. It's not very often that <laughs> the Bucks lose and the Eagles and the Giants both win. So, um, yeah, I'm here for you boys tonight, and uh, yeah, can't wait to get going. Absolutely, the good times keep on rolling, don't they? And with that, I'll introduce my second co. So I'm sure he's feeling in great spirits too. That's Kevin. You can follow him on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Go. Kev, how you doing? Go birds. Um... <laughs> Yeah, good evening, Matt, and good evening, Ali. I've got you in the right You can't order. get it wrong when we're both here, Kev, can you? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I can sit in any order and get away with it, but um, yeah, doing really well. Obviously, the Eagles won again, and they're going to be remaining unbeaten this weekend as well, because they've not got a game. Um, but yeah, just a little bit worried about the bye weeks coming up in fantasy this week, so a, a crippler looking at some of my projected lineups this week, but um, I do think it'll be a real test to see uh, sort of where your team's at and get a gauge for the league as well over the next six or seven weeks when depth's going to be crucial. Um, but that's me going off on a tangent. I'm doing great, thanks, and we've got a cracking show in store today. Absolutely, we have. Um, I've, I've managed to finally recover from obviously going to London and watching the Giants. I had to, I had to take a week off dinner last week, lads, to uh, to fully recover because it was, um, yeah, it was a it was a long night, should we say? So, yeah, great to be back with you both. Um, obviously, listen to last week's show. You both killed it um, without me. So, without oh, further thanks. ado, shall we? Uh, shall we crack on with this week's show? Mm. Kind words. Very, very enthusiastic, both of you there. But yeah. <laughs> On, on, on this week's show, we're obviously going to be reviewing week six of the NFL season and highlighting some players that stood out to us and then discussing maybe a, a couple of trades and we can establish where we think the dynasty value currently sits. So with that, Ali, we'll, we'll start with you. Who's the first player we're going to discuss this week? It is Joe Burrow, um, quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, who slayed the, the New Orleans Saints and always love uh, a team giving the Saints a good spanking and, and old Joe Burrow, he came back with a, with a vengeance and it was an impressive win, to be honest. He was the overall quarterback one on the week and he's now quarterback five on the season. So he's actually ahead of where he was last season with his QB7 finish. Um, and his points per game as well are up as well. He's now 22.11 points per game, which is which is impressive, to be honest. Um, he had big struggles in, in week one, two touchdowns, four interceptions. But since then... He's thrown 10 touchdowns just to the one interception. So he's really, really getting it together. And the Bengals are on a, on a bit of a roll now. Um, and just that win as well, given given how impressive the Saints have been, especially playing at home, they've been playing really tough. Um, but the fact that he he managed to, to tear them open, and especially with T Higgins, he was he was pretty hobbled for the match. He's not 100%. So um, just makes it even more impressive what Burrow was able to do. But um, we certainly like to see the, the Burrow-Chase connection that was well and truly back chase going for uh, over 100 yards and and a big game um and then just looking looking forward the next next few matchups for the bengals are absolutely fantastic for for joe burr and this offense they they played the falcons the browns the panthers and then they think they got by the, then they played the steelers and the titans as well so the the schedule's looking really good for for joe burr to just to continue this this really good tear to keep keep producing and and who knows he could finish even higher up up the rankings than he is right now, and the good thing is looking at um, his production. It's not just not just through the air as well. He's actually using his legs again now. The the offensive line has given him a bit more bit more room and um, helping him out a little bit more. And he's he's rushing a bit, which gives you an even higher ceiling with with Barry. He's got two rushing touchdowns in the last two games, so you do love to see that. Unless you are owning Joe Mixon and playing Joe Mixon in in fantasy, but but yeah, the Bengals they've won three of the last four games, so. They're on a roll, um, but just looking at the playoff schedule, it is quite tough on paper. They 
they at the Buccaneers, they at the Patriots, and then <laughs> and the then Buccaneers they played. Tough. I can't believe that. <laughs> oh come on, we'll be good by then. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Patriots, and then they played Buffalo in Week 16. So it is, it's tough for the for the playoff schedule, but getting up to that point, um, he's just gonna he's gonna produce big time. So um, I do think there is a world where you can still trade for Joe Burrow right now, but you're gonna have to pay up for him. I think you could have got him. In his early struggles, week one, week two, you could have maybe traded for him then. But right now, where the offense is starting to roll, I think it's, it's even more difficult. But um, there is just enough of that window open to to make a move. Yeah, I think he's done really well. The fact that he's QB five on the season is not something we've seen before, where he's actually producing at that level. He's been higher in dynasty rankings based on what could happen as opposed to what has happened. Um, the touchdowns are key to it. Rushing-wise, he's not quite getting there with the yards. I think he's got around about 100 on the year. So if he keeps that up, it's, it's going to add a little bit of value, but not a lot of value, I don't think, to, to sort of give him that ceiling of the other guys at the top. But, yeah, we know the weapons are fantastic. We know the coach is questionable, but sometimes that can work in your favour if you're playing from behind them. <laughs> Just look at Callum Murray, for example. Um so yeah, I think he's he's solidified where he is. He's, he's given a bit more confidence that he deserves to be ranked where he is, round about quarterback five, quarterback six. Uh, do I see the ceiling? Still no, but he has flashed little bits of rushing this this season. He had a forty-yard game week one, I believe. So if you can if you can do more of that, then yeah, why why not consider him up with guys like Justin Herbert, who's not a um, uh, 800 rushing yard uh, a guy uh, a season guy uh, you've got to um consider him in that range if he does start rushing more yeah it's been great seeing that he's turned it around obviously at the start of the season everyone was questioning oh this is the the bubble bursting with, with joe burrow and obviously the the bengals kind of struggled to start the season but it's been great to see him turn it around like you said ali the fact that he's got those weapons tegan's even though he's not 100 percent the fact that he's still on the field and he's still able to put up some yardages is obviously a plus for, for Burrow. And as you say, um, Jamar Chase just just doing things. It was great seeing him as well turn up to, to the stadium. Uh, Joe Burrow wearing that that um, Chase Chase jersey, the LSU jersey. Um, yeah, you, you just knew didn't you, that it was going to be a big day for both of those guys when that happened. So, um, yeah, as I say, just great to see Joe Burrow finally turn it around. And Ali mentioned about the fact that you could, you could still potentially trade for him, but you might have to pay up. So... Falls quite nice to, to suggest a couple of trades for you two now. So we're going to kick things off. Just straight up, easy one to start, two guys straight up, Joe Burrow or Kyler Murray? Um, well, it's it's quite a difficult answer, but because um, I put my, my new rankings out today and these are both in my tier two. These are the only two quarterbacks I've got in tier two. I've got five quarterbacks, tier one. Um, but I've got Burrow ranked one place ahead of Kyler. Just, I'm going to take Oof. Burrow at the minute. The, um Kyler Murray, I feel like he's, he's not reaching nowhere near his potential that we've seen. So that could be scary. The fact that Kyler Murray is only I think, a couple of spaces, places behind Burrow in, right now. The fact that if, especially when Hopkins comes back, he could really light up that offense, Kyler Murray going forward. Um, but I'm going to take Joe Burrow just because I think he's a bit more of a steadier quarterback. You know what you're going to get from Joe Burrow. Um I don't think he's reached his ceiling yet either. Obviously, Kyler Murray, he's better with his with his legs, his Russian production, so he maybe give you a higher floor each week. Um, but it, it's extremely close. They're in the same tier, so I could take either, but I'll just just shade to to borrow. Yeah, um, I'm gonna. I, I, well, first of all, I thought it was a really good question, Matt, because I saw Ali's rankings. I thought ah, I was I was gonna have a tricky one with that because he's got me <laughs> in the same tier and that, but. Um, I'm leaning Kyler Murray on this one just based on ceiling and the fact that I think his situation will improve in the future where Joe Burrow's situation is pretty much as good as it gets. Other than the O-line, um, giving him more time, I think uh, the situation for Kyler Murray can vastly improve longer term. Um, obviously, just lost his best weapon, um, Hollywood Brown. Would he be in his best weapon? And New Hopkins is back. That's uh, an answer we'll probably never know. But um, yeah, I'll bank on Murray's ceiling on this 
I love it. First trade I've managed to divide you both already. I mean, what, what a great start. But yeah, like Kev said, it's it's interesting with Carl Murray. Like we said, the situation's not great. It would have been great to see both um, Hollywood Brown and Hopkins together. I feel like that's good. that would have been a big boost for Carl Murray. But now, sadly, um, with Hollywood looking like missing a bit of time, we're, we're never going to get to see the potential of having both of those guys. But um, yeah, love that I've managed to, to divide you both with that first one. So we'll move on to, to the second one. I guess this is a situation where you may be looking to, to pivot down from Joe Burrow. So it's Joe Burrow or Derek Carr and a 23 first. Oh, it's, it, <laughs> it's so close, this one, because it, if you had Joe Burrow right now and somebody offered offered you that trade, you've got a, you have to really contemplate it it's something that where it's a serious offer it's not it's not one you just auto reject um Derek Carr is playing fine right now I don't think he's found his ceiling either yet uh, in this offense I think it can get better um and then obviously we we love them 23 first uh so it's it's one of them I think there is a scenario where Derek Carr is replaced at the end of the season I think it's very unlikely but there is there is a situation, but I do think Derek Carr is going to be, he's still going to be a quarterback in the NFL. He's, he's that good. So uh, it's one of them where if you thought it was going to be a late first, then I would side with, with Joe Burrow's side. But if you thought it was going to be an early to a mid first, then I possibly, possibly lean the Derek Carr side, because if you're playing in a two year window, Derek Carr is going to be absolutely fine for you. And then if you, if you absolutely nail that first round pick, um, then you're absolutely laughing. So um, perhaps we'll just lean, just lean the car side, but that is incredibly close. And I'm interested to see what, what, uh, what Kev says. Yeah. Get the car for me. Um, <laughs> I just think just if, if Barosio was QB one overall, I'd, I'd just I'd stick with that side because there is quite a big gap in uh, Burrow to car um, already. So, yeah, I'm taking the car side. I think that 23 first, the value is going to increase as the year goes on. Uh, you know that that asset's going to rise. Uh, so, yes, give me the care, please. Matt, thank you. I'm sorry <laughs> that we disagreed on that one. Uh, I'm, I'll, I'll have to see if I can get you with this final one. So, obviously, I've just done a pivot down there. So this one, I guess you'd consider a, a trade-up with Joe Burrow. So, it's going to be Joe Burrow and a 23 first or Justin Herbert another another brilliant trade and again it's it's really quite close because i've got herbert in the top tier firmly in the top tier borrow in the tier below but i'm not quite sure there's a 23 first split in the two so i'm gonna lean the borrow side here the fact that justin herbert as as kev has alluded to he's not he's not josh allen in terms of his russian yardage so um i think this it's a bit closer between borrow and herbert for for ceiling so i'll go the borrow side yeah, you're a swine on this because you know that I like Herbert and <laughs> I've never really been a massive Burrow fan, but he, he has won me over the last year, Burrow, with his on-field play. And uh, yeah, I just think 23 first side for me, it's, like I said, it's going to rise in value. It's not that I'm low on Burrow. Uh, sorry, it's not that I'm low on Herbert. It's just that I think the gap's close enough to think a random 23 first. Give me that and see, see what's what. Fair enough. I very nearly did go Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, with Justin Herbert struggling a bit. I thought maybe that could have could have swayed you both. But, but no. Um, mm. no, we, we just love them twenty three first, don't we? I mean, it's hard to, yeah. to not be excited. So with that, Kev, we're, we're going to move on to you now, and, and the second player we're going to talk about. God, yeah, we we go from excitement to this absolute mm. dreary man. What a what a mess <laughs> he's been this season. Aaron Rodgers, um, this week specifically QB twenty. QB nineteen on the year. Um, previously been QB one every every injury free season since I think uh, the T Rex was uh, around. But um, this year, less than two hundred and fifty yards at each game. That's uh, in excellent uh, group with Baker Mayfield, Danny Dimes, Fields, Rush, Mario, or Davis Mills. So yeah, an elite group he's got there with him. But yeah, I think. The Devontae Adams effect, it, it, it is it is affecting him. Um, we, we thought that maybe he could get by and he's done it all his career and the weapons don't matter. But yeah, Devontae Adams, decent wide receiver. I think the Packers, they need to make moves fast, whether it be a, a free agent or a trade. I think there's some great options out there. DJ Moore, Bradley Cooks, 
even someone like OBJ, the need to be adding somebody to get him back to where he's been before, thinking a little bit like the AJ Brown effect on uh, the unbeaten Eagles. Uh, <laughs> had to get that in there. Slightly different, obviously, because Jalen Hurts has took a step with an extra weapon. We know that Rodgers can do it. It's just getting him the right weapons around him again. Um, keep trade cut QB 20 for Rodgers. With the way he started the season, I think it's kind of fair, but there is a couple of people that he's behind that I just I shake my head at, like Zach Wilson, uh, Pickett, Matt Jones. Yes, they are young guys, but these have done nothing on planet Earth compared to Aaron Rodgers, honestly. So it's a tricky one with him. I think if you've got Rodgers on a contending team, you're not going to be 5-1 and one or 6-0 in, in all likelihood. He's really letting your side down. What can you do to pivot from him? Um, I guess we'll we'll see if you guys can give us a bit of clarity on that with the trades, etc. But it's it's a real real problem for fantasy managers at the moment. What to do with Aaron Rodgers on a contending team? Yeah, it definitely is, and, I, and I'm just wondering how pissed must Aaron Rodgers be the fact that obviously he stayed with the Packers and this is how they reward him. I mean, it's been absolutely dreadful watching watching the Packers. I, I do actually feel for Aaron Rodgers because we all know he's he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, if not right up there with with Tom Brady. And the fact that they're just not really protecting him, uh, 15 sacks already this season, which is fifth in the NFL. Um, I think that's nearly half of what what he had last year. So clearly not being held by that that O line, and then as you say, the fact that losing Devontae Adams, we we were hoping they wouldn't be such a, a big impact, but it clearly has been. I mean, the fact that he's having to round guys like Alan Lazard, a couple of rookies coming in, um, in in Dubes, is it? Dubes? Have we decided what his name is? is it Romeo Dubes or Dobbs? I mean, Dobbs. I yeah, Dobbs. I feel like they keep calling him Dobbs, but I, I can't I can't buy that to be honest. Dubey. <laughs> I think Rogers are smoking Dubey on this off it must be, or he might need to, to be fair. He might need to smoke it now to try and uh, chill out a bit because, yeah, it's just an absolute mess over there. And I think you're spot on, Kev. They, they need to to do something, give him some kind of weapons and, and see what they can do. I mean, as I say, I went to watch the Giants um, against the, the Packers in London and you could just see, just watching it with my own eyes, that it's it's just so tough sledding for Fran Rogers at the minute. And if, if the Giants can put that that pressure on you, then just imagine what the, the actual good teams can, can do in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, in terms of fantasy, it's... I'm, I'm I'm really worried. I've got Aaron Rodgers in a couple of leagues, and and I'm panicking at the moment. I feel like he should be that rock solid QB one, low in QB one at worst. Currently, he's a low in QB two at, at best. So, um, yeah, definite panic alarms going off at the minute with uh, with Rodgers. Yeah, and likewise, I've got him in uh, two or three teams that I thought were contending teams, but he's he's let me down a bit at the minute. He's not getting the uh, even the floor is is really low with Rodgers at the minute, and he's not having them boom games at all. Um, it is worrying, and I was at that game, and the the New York Giants defense absolutely hounded him and was sacking him. You could tell he was he was clearly upset. I think he's got the most passes that ended up behind the line of scrimmage, so he's just not got a lot of confidence in that O line, and he's dumping the balls off to to the two running backs uh, often. Um, he's it was really weird because that first game he or sorry in the first half of that London game he looked he looked brilliant. He was absolutely fine, and then he came out for the second half. Fair play to the Giants, they made adjustments, but he just looked awful. He couldn't, couldn't find any receiver. So it is uh, it's worrying times for Rogers. There's rumours that he could possibly hang up after the season. Who you just you just don't know with, with Aaron Rodgers. I think it's been extremely unlikely given the contract he's got. But um but yeah, we'll see. It's it's uh maybe I can offer you some alternatives to Rogers. Um we'll have we'll see. Uh, so the first trade scenario is a is a straight up, it's Aaron Rodgers. Or Matthew Stafford. God, yeah, it's it's tricky. That it's like do you want to get punched in the face or kicked in the nuts. Um, <laughs> I'll probably I go for Aaron Rodgers just because uh, over his career he's been more consistent for the majority of it. But something needs to happen. I'm not confident with that. I just just banking on the the talent and the the previous the hope that he turns it around as opposed to anything with any substance <laughs> i mean yeah but great great trade to start with ali i mean giving us two um yeah two not so great quarterbacks at the moment so um yeah for me i, I think i'm actually gonna go matthew stafford i just think looking maybe a little bit more short term but the fact that he's at least got cooper cup over there i mean if you've got cooper cup you've got a target on you so um i think matthew stafford having that i feel like that o-line even though he's struggling at the minute um just last year it, it was a lot better so maybe they've got the bye week this week Maybe they can come in and we can see some some improvements. So, 
um, yeah, I'm going to leave Matthew Stafford, but like I've said, it's um, not too happy to have either, to be honest, right now in, in fantasy. I think we need to give Rodgers a weapon. I think Brandon Cooks makes a lot of sense. If he yeah. if he came in, then I might choose Rodgers here if he had someone yeah. who he could be, you know, be stable and throw to, but be Adeline Stafford. Um, okay, so Aaron Rodgers or a 24 first round pick? Uh, give me Rodgers on this one. I think if it was 23 first, it's interesting, obviously. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, quarterback, Superflex Leagues, someone that's been a QB one most of his life. Um, yeah, I'll take Rodgers on that one. Yeah, I think if you were going to take that 24 first, you're committing to a, to a long rebuild, aren't you? I mean, if it was a 23 first, then getting that quicker return on an on, on investment in, in trading away Rodgers. But the fact that you've got to wait an extra year, um, you, you're definitely committing to a rebuild. So I think I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers and hope for better times and, and feel that that value can, can improve on that 24 first. Yeah, agreed. I'd be I'd be taking a 23 first, but I wouldn't I wouldn't take a 24 first right now. And the third trade scenario, this is Aaron Rodgers and a 23 first or Deshaun Watson. Yeah, this this is tricky. This was the toughest <laughs> one. Uh you've you've said uh, so on uh, for Rodgers so far. I'm going to take the pick side uh, just because I think, it, well, it's a 23 first, obviously. Uh, but um, I just think if you're taking Watson now, you kind of punt in the next six weeks or so till he's back. So it's kind of, yeah, that, that's that's my thought process. I'd rather just keep uh, Tate Rogers and get the first and just see what I can do later on in the season if, if that trades in six weeks time maybe maybe i take the Watson side yeah I definitely think it's an interesting trade scenario because as well we're we're talking about Deshaun Watson but I mean this is a guy that hasn't played football in two years he's, he's going to come back we're, we're assuming he's going to go back to that elite level but um you are kind of taking a bit of a punt on Deshaun Watson in a minute and how long is it taking to, to fully adjust so like I've said you, you're probably looking at not having a real quarterback maybe even this year if it takes him a bit of time to, to readjust to, to playing competitive football again so um yeah I think with that rather than just saying I love 23 first because that's what we seem to always do on on this show <laughs> I've tried to give a little bit of a different slant on it but um yeah I think Aaron Rodgers that 23 first you've still got a quarterback and as I say if Aaron Rodgers can turn it around being a quarterback being known knowing the the quality quarterback that he can be for fantasy you've got to feel that that value is going to increase and um, yeah, I'd rather take a punt on that, having a starting quarterback and getting that 23 first. That could be yet another quarterback, depending on, on where that first lands. Yeah, I think I think also you can probably, I think if you want to trade for Watson, I think you have to take a bit of a punt because as we get towards his return date, his, the value is going to rise. I think, you can, I think you can get Watson a little bit cheaper than that if you traded for him right now. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, and with that, we're, we're now going to move on to, to my first play that we're going to talk about. And it's got to be Ramondre Stevenson. I mean, Harris being out this week, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Forrest Gump. The, the brace has fallen off and we finally got to see <laughs> Ramondre Stevenson run the ball. I mean, he absolutely thrived in that workhorse role. Um, 19 carries, 76 yards and two touchdowns and then four receptions, 15 yards. Um, finishes the RB2 on the week. And then obviously last week as well, Harris coming out of that game quite early. So over the last two weeks, he's averaging 22 fantasy points per game. So absolutely killing it now that he's got that workhorse role. Um, the interesting thing is that Harris, a lot of us were expecting him out on, on IR, be out for, for a few weeks, but he actually managed to put in a couple of limited practices last week. So are we maybe looking at Harris potentially even being back this week and, and not getting that that longevity of having Ramondre as the starting running back? Um, obviously, that's something to, to keep an eye on this week. But even if we do look back when they're, when they're both healthy, Ramondre was actually out snapping Harris 60 to 40 in terms of percentages. So um, even though Harris was getting slightly more carries, um, the fact that Ramondre was was still able to to outsnap him is obviously being used more in that that receiving role with with James Wright retiring and um, as I say taking up that role. So um, it's going to be interesting to see does does the the approach now change? Do we see Ramondre um, taking up even a, a larger role, getting a few more carries? Um, the fact that he's RB nine on on the season, as I say, just shows that even when they're both both healthy, he's still able to to produce. So. Um, that's definitely interesting and, and looking long term as well Harris potential free agent so I don't see why they wouldn't let Ramondre take the reins and, and let's see what they've got in the sky and as I say these these past two weeks I think I think the Patriots have got to be happy and seeing what they, they've got in Ramondre Stevenson so yeah absolutely smashed it this week a guy that 
I think all three of us quite quite like, and it's great to to see him get that that role. We always think Bill Belichick and and that Patriots backfield. It's always a headache, but the fact that we've managed to see him dominate such as, um, we've finally been rewarded for for that patience with, with Bill Belichick. So, yeah, what are you two guys thinking on on Ramondre? Yeah, I'm I'm incredibly pleased right now, and I'm <laughs> I'm never pleased to see a player get injured. But the fact that I think I've got Stevenson in two leagues and in both of their leagues I've also got Damian Harris and it's been an absolute nightmare to try and choose which one is is going to be, be in my lineup and sometimes I have both and you get disappointed so the fact that we have currently got some clarity of, of who to play and I mean Stevens has taken his chance full on and yeah fantastic week this week the RB2 exactly what you want to see and going forward I think is going to be um, unless unless Harris comes back and then it, you know it's a bit more uncertainty but you got to think that he takes a little bit more of the workload. The fact that he has shown that that ability in the last three out of the last four weeks, he's had five targets as well. So you love to see that. That just adds to his ceiling each and every every single week. So yeah, I love I love Stevenson. Um, absolutely love him. Damien Harris. It'd be great to see him leave and go to a different team, and then Stevenson can absolutely dominate. And I think he's someone that really could be a possible top twelve fantasy running back if he if he does have that clarity if, if he's got that workload going forward um absolutely love him yeah i'm, I'm gonna rain on this parade unfortunately um <laughs> i mean first of all we, we all do like ramondre uh, stevenson we're all pretty high him as a, as a rookie coming in um and that's led to us all getting uh, some nice nice shares of him so i want to be wrong on this but i just feel that bill belichick even if Harris goes next season, he's going to bring someone in and make it a headache for us fantasy owners. It's a shame because he's, he has really shown out the last couple of weeks. He's, he gives a glimpse as to what it could be if he got the full workload. And he probably does deserve to be the lead back comfortably when Harris gets back. But Harris is a guy that he scored a ton of touchdowns last season. He's getting a lot of early down work. Got to factor in as well QB with it being uh, Bailey Zappi. What's going to happen there? Will, will it? Will that switch over? Will it not? So yeah, I think I do like Stevenson, but when I've seen him going at keep trade cut like top twenty, top eighteen, top sixteen borderline, it's uh, I guess with the state of the running back landscape, it's you'd expect it, but it's, it's just a little bit high for me on what I see as being a split backfield when Harris comes back, which could be as early as this week i guess so tough to gauge but let's throw out some trades and see where you guys are at and where i'm at on him as well so first one is stevenson or aj dylan i mean starting off with a really interesting one i should have guessed this year they kept being the smart guy that you are going for two running backs in in a potential crowded backfield um obviously dylan having having Aaron jones i think i'm I'm going to side with Ramon J. Stevenson. Like you mentioned, there's obviously concerns with Harris coming back. But I mean, if you're talking about competition, I feel like AJ Dillon's got that tougher competition in Aaron Jones and what he can do, even though he's been a little bit up and down this year, not getting the, the targets that we all thought he'd get with um, obviously Aaron Rodgers and no more Devontae Adams. But um, yeah, I think Ramon J. Stevenson, I feel like the, the ceilings are touch higher with him. Um, so I, I do lean Ramondre, and I'm hoping that you're wrong, Kevin. And hopefully next season we get to see him with a, a more prominent role. Did you uh, did you look at my ranking before you put this up here, Kevin? Because <laughs> I've got these back to back. <laughs> you're a you're a naughty boy. Um, <laughs> they're in the they're in the same tier, so I could easily go side for either of these. I've got Dylan one spot ahead. I think. Possibly the the ceiling is higher for Ramondre if he was to be given the the full workload and a more a, a more workload a higher workload when Harris comes back. But um, I'll just side for Dylan. Uh, but I've got no real reasoning behind that. I think they're both exactly in the same the same tier, the, the same ceiling at the minute. Um, I think Dylan, the Packers' offense has got a lot of work to do, and they can reach higher heights. So I think they've. Um, but yeah, okay, I'm, I'm just rambling because these are so close. It is, uh, I'll just take them. Yeah, they are really close. I, I'd lean to uh, Ramondre slightly just because I think AJ Dillon's been disappointed. His role's been disappointed this season. That's the, the tiebreak for me on that one. So next trade, Stevenson, or a 23 second and a 24 second. 
I hate these kind of trades because the the competitor in me, the the fact that we're in season, I, I want that guy that's giving me points. But I think if you're looking at it from dynasty and long term, we know the strength of this twenty three class. We talk about it every single week when whenever we come up with these trades and even those second round picks and and the depth as well at running back in this twenty three class. It's looking pretty spicy. And I feel like the, the strength of this class and free agency as well. I think if you're not an elite running back. Um, and you don't have a late running back on your fantasy team, you, you're probably going to be a little bit, a little bit worried heading into this off season because a lot's going to change. I feel like in in terms of running back, so um, that does just give me a little bit of caution when it comes to to picking Ramondre Stevenson. But do you know what? Because we're in season, because he's just done what he's done for the last two weeks, I'm going to stick with the player and I'm going to go Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, I think you're I think you're bang on the money for what his value is right now. So. <laughs> I think it all comes down to situation. If you're if you're contending, I think you take that chance that Ramondre takes more of the workload when Harris does come back. Um, but then, if possibly you're not looking to contend, then I'll take the picks. Yeah, picks for me on that one. And last one, Stevenson or Travis Etienne? This one, I'm going to go with Travis Etienne. I think the fact that he's, he now seems to be starting to really take over that backfield. Uh, we, we always talk about ceiling, and, and when it comes to running backs, I feel like Travis Etienne's ceiling's right up there. At, uh, with the very best of them, it's just we're, we're not getting to see that that huge weight load. He's had a little bit of struggles every now and again, and James Robinson started the, this, the year strong, but to say Etienne, he seems to be taking over. We know that connection that he's got with Trevor Lawrence, um, if he can start being used uh, in the in the receiving game a little bit more, I know he's, he's had a few receptions, but if we can see that, maybe take a, a little bit more of an uptake. Then, yeah, I feel like the ceiling's far higher with Travis Etienne. So, yeah, I think this one I'm more confident in saying Travis Etienne. Yep, Etienne and uh, Jamichael Hasty. If you can just piss off, please, <laughs> <laughs> not take any more carries. Yeah, I was Etienne as well. I just. It's typical James Robinson. I've never been a big fan. Trade for him in my own league, and then he turned into <laughs> a pumpkin. It's just honestly does made him, but yeah, ETN baby. Yeah, I mean, you should be happy, Kevin. I mean, you love Travis ETN. So well, yeah, you've done yourself really. You've helped yourself there. You've taken a bullet in one league. To help exactly. Me about yeah. 10. <laughs> exactly. So uh, <laughs> I, think, I think you've done right there, mate. So yeah, with that, we're going to move on to to the second running back and back to you, Ali. Yeah, we're going to talk about. The league winner that's going to be helping all your fantasy teams for the rest of this season. No prizes talking... for guessing what team <laughs> this is going to be on. We're talking about Rashad White. No, we're not talking about Rashad White. We're talking about Leonard Fournette, um, playoff Lenny, championship Lenny, um, however you want to call him. But but yeah, uh, absolute league winner this year. The runner back five on the week and the runner back five on the season. Um, and to be honest, I, I can only see that the arrow continuing to point upwards or or sideways definitely not down for Fournette just because um the fact that I have to watch this trash offense week in week out that is the Buccaneers um you've got Tom Brady who's got who's screaming at his offensive line absolutely no hope in the offensive line that they're not protecting him and he's dumping a load of passes off to Leonard Fournette it's extremely predictable offense Byron Leftwich needs to get fired it's first down it's always run Lenny on first down and then Lenny gets the third down catch as well um so i mean if you've got leonard fournette absolutely fantastic i think he can he takes that workload he's a big strong guy that can that can take it on all season um the fact that he's not game script dependent either when we're up we're still riding leonard fournette when we're down we're dumping passes off to him getting them small small yardage um situations so he's absolutely game script proof um yeah Brady's just thinking and dunking right now. He's thinking that he's still with the Patriots. It's Bruce Arians is out the building. It's there's no more, no risk it, no biscuit. The fact that Mike Evans this week was up against the Steelers secondary with not a single starter and he had just four catches is absolutely pathetic game game scripting. <laughs> um and then just look on the season, he's had 30 targets this this last four week four weeks alone for for Fournette, which is absolutely fantastic if you play playing PPR leagues, which I do in every single league. And um, just the one Russian touchdown on the season, which is a bit of a surprise, but he's got three receiving touchdowns, including two in the last two weeks. So, yeah, I think Fournette is someone that is my number one trade target for if I'm contending right now. I think people look at his age, the fact that he's 27 years old. If they've got him and they're not contending or they want to rebuild, they're going to be happy to get off Lennon Fournette. Um, and I don't think he's going to cost 
that much to to buy we'll, we'll perhaps find out in a little while but but yeah he did sign the three-year deal in the off season but really we know it's a it's a two-year contract with an extra year um so he's locked in for this year and he's locked in for next year um yeah i think it's fantastic if you've got him on your team right now um, and you're a contender then you're really happy because he gives you such a such a high floor each week um with with a high ceiling because he's given you top five top five um production yeah i think i had him about running back 12 or 13 in my rankings this off season which was way above consensus so i'm mm -hmm. i'm happy that i've actually got something right for a change <laughs> um I, I, it's just the fact that the offense is meant to be an elite offense it's not quite there but we know that this team can come together um sadly based on alice spotting them but <laughs> <laughs> uh, just just from fantasy wise is getting great volume and a, a great offense is like you said game script proof ppr leagues catching passes it's someone you can be really comfortable with as your rb1 yeah your hero rb approach um yeah love lenny i think he's he's actually really safe uh, but he's not trapped that way yeah, I've not got too much to add, to be honest. Like I said, if you're a win-now team, he's got to be a top target if you don't own him. The fact that he's, he's got such a solid floor, third in, in RB uh, targets with 36, um, he's giving you that safe floor, like like you've both mentioned. The fact that it doesn't matter what's happening, if the, if the books are down, Lenny's still getting the, the work. If, if they're up, he's obviously getting the work on the ground. So, um, yeah, I definitely think he's a, as a key win-now target. So... With the, with the trades I'm going to come up with, I've tried to go for guys that are also kind of win-now targets, so you can't just bail out and, and give me the old excuse if, you, <laughs> if you're contending or rebuilding. So we're going to kick things off a straight 1v1. We're going to go Leonard Fournette or Alvin Kamara. Hmm. This is a, this is an interesting one because I think, I think they're both 27 years old. Um, and I think ultimately there's I've got a tier break between these two. I've got Kamara in the tier above. Um They've, they're both very similar players. I think ultimately Kamara has the higher ceiling. The fact that two weeks ago Kamara had 100 rushing yards and nearly 100 receiving yards, and he was close to he might be in the RB one. I can't remember, but I don't think Leonard Fournette's got that in his range of, of outcomes. I think he gives you a safe ceiling, um, a safe floor. Sorry, but not quite that high ceiling. So I'll just take Kamara. I think the Saints realise that their wide receivers are completely banged up right now, and Kamara is. Is that offense? Um, so I'll just lean Kamara, but yeah, he's pretty close. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. It's, I can't believe Ali, the Bucks fans, picked <laughs> Kamara, the Saints player, over over Funnet. That's that's it's blown my mind actually. It's, it's lost my trail of thought, but um, I was actually going to say Funnet just because um, Taysom Mills do, does my head in first of all, <laughs> uh, and then the second thing with the Saints, I, I see like these wide receivers getting healthy eventually and taking some of these targets back because there's no one on the offense. Um, but yeah, you, you're happy with either of them, but I'll, I'll be the Bucks homer that I, you know I am really. <laughs> yeah, I it's think it's good. interesting with, with them both being up there in age as well. We've not even mentioned that Kamara and that legal potential legal issue as well that could maybe mm -hmm. lead to some suspension next season as well. So if you are looking win now and you've only got that short window with these aging running backs, maybe that swings you to, to Fournette and obviously being with the with the Buccaneers. So yeah, glad that managed to split you off with the first one. So the second one, Leonard Fournette and a 23 second or King Henry, Derek Henry and a 24 second. Wow, it's again. It's a it's a really interesting one. I will just take Fournette and the twenty three second just because I'm getting that pick earlier. And the fact I think that for Henry, the where he is right now, I don't think he gives you that absolute ceiling that he has been giving you. And his his cliff comes a lot sooner than than Fournette's, I think. So I'll just lean Fournette. Yeah, I'm going to be a wimp and say Fournette just on the <laughs> the safety week to week. I think. Henry could drop a, a four-point game on you. I can't see Fournette doing that. Yeah, I'm not surprised, Kev, because I know you've got a little meme about Derek Henry lined up ready to fire <laughs> off that you've not quite had the opportunity to see as the, the King has returned. But, um, yeah, <laughs> not, not too surprised. No spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a little spoiler for anyone. If Derek Henry has one bad week, get ready, Kev's uh, got some bullets to fire. <laughs> So we'll move on to, to the last one, and I feel like this could be a really interesting one. Leonard Fournette in a 23-second, or Christian McCaffrey? I can't believe you're going to make me pick another NFC South rival <laughs> right now, but I am going to I am going to lean Christian McCaffrey. 
um, just because of he is healthy now. It's great to see him back. I think they've slowly worked him back into the offense and he is now really showing up. Uh, I think you've obviously got the worry with Christian McCaffrey any week he could go down and then be out for the rest of the season. And I mean, his, his values already tanked massively compared to what it was at the start of last season. Um, but I do lean that side just because I think at any given week, he can give you such a massive, um, massive ceiling. Uh, but I hate the fact that I'm, I'm picking against, against Fournette again. And I'm, I'm interested to see what, uh, what Kev picks it. This is really tough. I think, <sighs> I'm going to sound like I'm just biased, but I'm going for it. Just with McCaffrey, like he is amazing. If he gets traded somewhere like Buffalo, I, I just can't see him getting 25, 30 fantasy points a week with Josh Allen as a rushing QB and the, the weapons they've got. I just can't see that. And 23 seconds uh, preaching about the taking these and just seeing what falls to you out of this loaded class into your, into your laps, really. So, yeah, just pathetic wimp, but um, take your point <laughs> I'm surprised you got McCaffrey's nice. So I'm giving you a better discount than what the actual Pampers are in, in real life and what they're looking for, Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> so, yeah, so, surprised at that. But, yeah, I mean, both both been great this year, and it's great to see Christian McCaffrey back. But, um, yeah, love it. So with that, Kev, we're going to move on to you, and we're going to move to the wide receiver position. Yeah, I teased it a little bit then, speaking about the Bills, and I probably picked the Fournette side on that trade just because... I don't want it to affect this Bills wide receiver um, in, in Stefan Diggs. Um, wide receiver two on the week, wide receiver one on the season. Um, it was pretty nice seeing the uh, Diggs and Allen stacks in DFS this weekend just get closer and closer and beyond the money line. It was uh, fantastic to see that as he as he balled out in the, in the later game uh, on Sunday. Looking at Diggs, though, from his previous fantasy seasons, he's been at third and seventh the past couple of years. And this year, 25.1 fantasy points per game. It's solid. Last year, for reference, Cup was 25.9 fantasy points per game. So within a point per game of that um, historic season is uh, going underrated in my eyes. Um, <laughs> it's going to sound like a victory lap show this, but I actually had Diggs as a top <laughs> six wide receiver this off-season. Uh, wow, two, two good takes in one show is uh, pretty, pretty funny, but... Um, I'll tell you what is also laughable, the fact that he was ranked outside the top 12 by pretty much most analysts I've seen out there this off-season. Uh, Josh Allen's wide receiver won. Um, obviously, situations can change, but it's not changing anytime soon. I think he has got to be considered in a similar range to Cooper Cup. Uh, other guys around his age, uh, uh, Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill, I'd expect him to be above both of those based on what he's doing. However, keep trade cut wide receiver four right up there with Cooper Cup. That was a shock to me when I, I looked into that. I thought it would still be lower just based on him being 29 in November and people being ages. So there's something you've got to really weigh up. It's your, your value versus uh, sort of age. Are you wanting to win leagues or are you just trying to add value to your your dynasty roster. It's a, it's a fine line. I think if you're playing in a lot of leagues, you want to have some exposure to digs, but I also appreciate it's going to be 29. You've got to pick the right spots to be holding assets uh, sort of at that age. But ultimately, you are trying to win leagues. So to completely avoid him and fade him, I think would be um, part of the process. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start by giving you a little bit of praise here, Kev, because I, I feel you were the first on, on Stefan Diggs when he went over to, to Buffalo. You you were really eyeing him right from, from the get-go. So, yeah, you, you absolutely smashed it. And the really interesting thing is PPR leagues, obviously the, the number one overall player, Josh Allen, the number two overall player, Stefan Diggs, above all the other quarterbacks. So, I mean, if you've got Stefan Diggs and 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 Josh Allen in a, in a stack in, in any of leagues, you're absolutely laughing because you've got the top two players in fantasy football right now so yeah the, the fact that they're both together paired together connected for, for for the foreseeable future i mean it's hard not to be excited by stefan diggs the fact that josh allen's absolutely serving it up at the minute um this this bill's offense looking looking on fire um, looking unstoppable to, to be honest so um yeah stefan diggs i feel like he's been disrespected like you mentioned that the age thing is is something that you often see in dynasty and people do overreact maybe to, to age and the fact that we've seen what Cooper Cup did last year. We're basically seeing it again from Stefan Diggs and I feel like he's got that ceiling as well. 
He's not super reliant on targets, even though he is getting plenty of targets. Um, this guy can, can put up huge numbers as well in terms of yardage. So, um, yeah, he's absolutely absolutely serving it up right now. Both of these guys are, and as I say, yeah, you're absolutely laughing if you've got the, the number one and number two overall fantasy player right now in, in your fantasy leagues. You certainly are, but you're quite upset because the fact that they're both on bye this week. Um, you think <laughs> you're going to be true. without them. <laughs> but I mean, you <laughs> can afford a week off when they're doing what they're doing the, the first six weeks. <laughs> certainly can. And and yeah, I think, I think in, people look back at historical and they go running backs, they get to the age of 26, they fall off a cliff. And wide receivers, they get to 28 years old, 29 years old, and everybody wants to get off them. But I think with, with modern science nowadays, I think players clearly look at Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, they're playing a lot longer and they're playing at a higher level longer. The fact that Derek Henry at 28 years old is still still dominating. Um, Stefan Diggs, yeah, he's, he's 29 in November. Um, you just look at the the contract. The the Bills are obviously happy that his age, they gave him a massive contract. Uh, they have an out, not, but not until 2025. So the fact that you're going to have him for the next three seasons, tied with Josh Allen. I mean, I my window that i play in is two to three years so i'm absolutely really happy to roster stefan diggs right now and the fact that a lot of people still have him ranked outside top 12 that just means that i'm happy to to trade for diggs and and it's going to be an affordable price right now for i mean do you want a young shiny roster or do you want to try and win win a dynasty league um i'm i'm really happy to have Diggs on my roster right now i don't think that there's going to be much drop off in in his value and if there is i'm just happy to to pick it up right now um and it'll be interesting to see where you two are on digs right now in in dynasty so the the three trade scenarios i've got stefan Diggs or cd lamb yeah this is this is mega tough because i think if you ask anyone two weeks ago well maybe not anyone but um people's thoughts on CD Lamb a couple of weeks ago are different to, to now. I think he, he, he dipped as low as he went and he's picking back up and he's getting back back. I'm still leaning Diggs though because Lamb's not not done it yet. He's like a he's like a few uh, what, what would it what would it be like a, a recent version of DJ Moore like DJ Moore mm-hmm. a couple of years ago where there's all this hype, there's the talent there. He's in a better situation than DJ Moore, but. Um, but yeah, he's he's not quite done it yet. So uh, yeah, I'll take Diggs and try and win a league. Yeah, fully agree with Kev. I think with CD Lamb, we've yet to fully see it. We've yet to fully be convinced by him. He's obviously turned it around the last couple of weeks, getting Dak back. But on on the flip side, obviously Malcolm Gallup coming back. Um, we don't know how it's going to shake up once once he gets full form. So yeah, I think I'm going Stefan Diggs. As I say, it's it's hard to pass up on a guy that's doing what he's doing right now. So yeah, Stefan Diggs. Yep, I've got them pretty much neck and neck in Dynasty, but but Diggs just ahead, just because of the reasons you've both given. Um, how about Stefan Diggs or a 23 first and a 23 second? Pulling at my heartstrings here. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, still Diggs for me. Just uh, I think he is um, it is worth more than that. If it was on 23 picks, I'd probably want at least two firsts with a little bit on top to get Diggs. Yeah, I think this is one of those trades that, that if you did make it, you maybe look back and, and think it's always going to look bad at some point if you're taking Stefan Diggs because obviously that 23 first and second, we know Diggs is at some point going to going to fall off and fade away. But yeah, I think I'm still going Stefan Diggs, that production. As I say, we're in season right now, so I, I don't want to just go for, for the picks, even though that, that 23 first is obviously exciting. But um, it's that unknown, isn't it, with the, with the picks where you know what you got with Stefan Diggs. So... Yeah, I still lean Stefan Diggs. Yep, same. I think he's worth two first. So I think this is just under what what I think his value is. And the final one is pretty juicy. It's Stefan Diggs and a 23 first for Justin Jefferson. Yeah, it's, this is juicy. Um, <laughs> I'll take the side where I'm getting two assets I like, which is Diggs <laughs> and the, the 23 first. Um just on the basis that I think Diggs has got at least at least two quality, really top quality years left in him. Um, Dynasty wide receiver ones, if, if that's what you think Jefferson is, they don't tend to be actual wide receiver ones every season, bang, 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 on the trot. So, yeah, give me a 23 first and see what happens, see where it lands, see what you get. You might get a quarterback. 
a starter in the league of QB, you might get a, a potential elite running back. You're probably not going to get a Justin Jefferson at wide receiver, but you're going to get an asset that's a really nice uh, value um, to go alongside with Diggs. Yeah, again, I think I agree with Kev. It's tough not going for Justin Jefferson. I don't have him in a single league. I'd, I'd love to, to be able to, to have him. But, um, yeah, I mean, with, with what like we, we keep saying, with what Stefan, um, Stefan Diggs are doing right now, I mean, he's absolutely blown out. I mean, there's not really much in it in terms of what they're producing this year. So the fact that you're getting that 23 first, obviously, I know Diggs is up there in age. And as I say, when you look back in a couple of years and think, why didn't I make this move? But you might have won two leagues in, in that time if you've got Stefan Diggs and then getting that 23 first as well, which... Well, we, we say it's an unknown. You don't know what it could be. Well, it could be great. It, it might not be, but it's the, the risk you take. And I think the fact that you're getting those two assets, like I've saying, I think I'd, I'd rather do that, to be honest, and, and go for the guy that's producing right now. Agreed. Love it. So with that, we're going to go on to, to the final play, and that's Deontay Johnson. This is a tough one. I mean, Ali, I know you're super on him. Kev, I think you, you quite like Deontay Johnson as well. It's It's been tough sledding. I mean, can we bring back Noodle on Big Ben? All is forgiven because <laughs> I seem to remember everyone saying, surely it can't get any worse than, than what he had with Big Ben. Well, clearly it can. I mean, the targets are still there. He's averaging nearly 10 targets per game, but the quality is definitely not there right now, having just five receptions and, and 50 yards per game. Yet to have a touchdown on the season. Um, it's obviously been tough going from Trubisky to, to Kenny Pickett, who looked pretty good to be fair when when he when he started. But obviously that that injury that he's got it's concussion, I think. So he might be missing a bit of time, and it, it's just the, the chopping and changing at quarterback. It's doing no favors for anyone that they owns Deontay Johnson. I mean, the only saving grace, if we are going to look maybe a little bit more long term, is that schedule. Um, it's got the ninth easiest, easiest remaining schedule for for a wide receiver, and then if we look to to the crunch part of the season, week thirteen onwards. He's facing the Falcons, the Ravens, uh, the Panthers, the Raiders, and then the Ravens again. All teams that are pretty bottom bottom quarter, I think, in the NFL in terms of, of what they can do against wide receivers. So um, the schedule does look quite good. So maybe if things start to turn around, um, if, if Pickett maybe does start being the, the starter again and can start to adjust, maybe that's the, the saving grace with Deontay Johnson. But beyond that, right now we're looking at a limited ceiling for Deontay Johnson, not seeing the, the highs of what we had last year. I'm also not to, to forget George Pickens as well who's come in and really impressed when anyone given the opportunity making some big plays, some some spectacular plays. So um, that also limiting the, the scene a little bit with Deontay Johnson. So I'm going to say it right now. I am officially worried by Deontay Johnson. Thankfully, the targets are there. So in PPR leagues, at least you're getting a little bit of a flaw. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm missing that ceiling. Bring back Big Ben. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe I, can't I never believe thought I'd, I never thought those were to come out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, surely it surely it can't be any worse than Big Ben, and uh, yeah, it did get worse. But as you mentioned, Matt, the the targets are there, fifty seven so far this season, uh, which is exactly what you asked for. There's only been one game with four targets, then last week was seven. I mean, seven targets is usually not too bad, but it's been double digits the rest of the way. But but yes, yeah, the it's the ceiling that's not there. Um, and then you worry about George Pickens. He, he's got a good chemistry with Kenny Pickett um, already. And and then the fact that Chase Claypool even got in the action this week and had a big fantasy week um, where he's been he's been easily the third target in that in that team. Um, I think you just have to ride a bit right now because I've got him in plenty of places and I'm I'm happy to own him. He's struggling for a contending side. Um, you've just got to keep with the process and hope them targets turn into to real production down the line. Hopefully we get Kenny Pickett back um, and with that schedule, it could turn into to fantasy points. And um, yeah, you, you're definitely not going to sell him right now because he's not going to get what he's worth. Uh, so you've just got to hold on to him and hope that hope that things get better. But certainly, certainly worried. Um, can, I'd probably go concerned. I wouldn't stretch to worried. I'll go. I'll go concerned. Yeah. You've got to be concerned, I think, from the small glimpse we've seen of Kenny Pickett, George Pickens looks like the main man. Granted, it is a very small sample size, um, but the market has spoken as such. George Pickens is above Deontay Johnson at keep trade cut. Deontay Johnson's at wide receiver 25 now, which, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy to consider that he probably should have been a borderline wide receiver one before the season. Or at least top sort of 15, 16. And he, he's dipped already. Despite getting that contract to, to stay around um, in in Pittsburgh. So, 
yeah, you can't really sell him now because you're selling low. It's, it's a relative time for I know he's projected for less than 10 points, I think, on sleeper this week. So um, that's that's pretty upsetting if you if you go exactly by your projected points as to how well your team's going to do, uh, which I don't. But, uh, yeah, it's, it is really, really tricky time. You've got to hold him. It, is he someone you'd go after? Not for me because I've got a lot of him. But, uh, yeah, the, if his value does keep going down, then... He's someone I'd be happy to get involved with because I don't think Claypool's going to be there after this season or longer term with with Pickens uh, taking more steps forward. So, going to gauge your guys' thoughts on his trade value, Deontay Johnson or Richard Bateman. It's a tough one because, as I said, being a big fan of Deontay Johnson for a while, Rashad Bateman looked great to, to start the year. Obviously, missed a bit of time with, with the injury, but do you know what? I'm going to go with Rashad Bateman. I think even though the the Ravens not as as high pass volume as, as a, lot, a lot of NFL teams are, I feel like he's got such a great opportunity over there. Obviously, we know Mark Andrews absolutely dominating in terms of, of targets, but they, they clearly need a wide receiver one. I mean, they're relying on Devin Duvernay, who's more of a return, return specialist than he is an actual NFL wide receiver. So I feel like the opportunity is definitely there for, for Rashad Bateman when he, when he comes back from, from this injury. And I feel like the ceiling's there as well with, with Bateman. So, yeah, I'll lean Bateman. I'll lean Deontay. I, I can still believe in, in the process, Deontay Johnson. Um, I think this offense is going to get is going to get a bit better um, going forward with Pickett into the future. So, um, I don't believe in. I do believe in Bateman. I think he's a good receiver, but it's hard to trust anybody on that Ravens offense that's not called Mark Andrews. So I'll lean Deontay. Yeah, it's it's ever so close. I, I'll take Deontay just on. Uh, he's done more for fantasy. He's, he's got the talent. I think Bateman. It's more of a projection. What will he be? Can he be uh, a stud? He hasn't shown it on, uh, from a fantasy point of view, uh, despite the flashes from a real life point of view. So. Next trade, we've got DJ or DJ Moore. <laughs> Love it. Kev's always got to come up with some some unique way of doing something like this. But um, yeah, again, another tough one because you could argue that both in similar situations, we, we know the talents there, but um, just just don't have it in terms of, of quarterback play. So um, I think if I'm just going, this is so tough, you know. Um, can see me squirming. I'm, I'm gonna go with <laughs> I'm gonna go with DJ Moore. Um again, I just feel like we, we've seen it from, from DJ Moore, even though that he's not had a great situation through throughout his NFL career, he's still able to put up over a thousand yards year after year. Doesn't look like he's gonna achieve it this year, but um I just feel like now with Matt Rule gone, that, that situation it, it just has to get better, surely. At some point it has to get better for, for DJ Moore. Um yeah, I, I, I just favour DJ Moore. Yeah, it's pretty disgusting, but I'll go DJ Moore. I think <laughs> I think the Panthers predict, projected the number one pick right now. I might be wrong, but give me give me Bryce Young or CJ Stroud coming in there and lifting DJ Moore's value right now. Yeah, let's go for more. We'll agree on some together this evening. <laughs> and then last one is DJ uh, DJ Deontay uh, Johnson or a twenty four first and twenty four second. Uh, do you know what? I'm going to sound like a bro- broken record this 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 week on on this show, but because we're in season, baby, I'm I'm going for the player. I mean, we're, we're two years out from these picks as well. I mean, you basically just you're giving away an asset that could potentially improve in value, and yet you're just going to sit on these these picks for for two years, pretty much. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm going to take a chance chance on Deontay Johnson. This situation may be improving, um, in in the next six months, next next twelve months, and yeah, De- uh, Deontay Johnson for me. Give me the picks. I think, um, yeah, we don't like the ceiling for Deontay Johnson this se- this season. Uh, add to that, George Pickens taking a step further. Um, I'll take the, the picks because uh, come the off season, I think they're going to start to be really valuable. Cool. Absolutely love that. And with that, that brings us to the end of this week's show. No, we're not doing no uh, no waivers now. I think we're I think we've reached the the peak time in in the season where the, the waves have all gone. But be sure to tune in next week because I think we're going to bring in a. Uh, quite an exciting segment to, to end the show but but with that thank you for tuning in be sure to, to follow us on twitter at fantasy wildcard uh, subscribe to the youtube by searching fantasy wildcard podcast network and which also includes our, our brand new show that, that's crushing it at the minute the, the rewind show and if you can please do leave us a five five star podcast review and um, be sure to, to join us every tuesday for the podcast every wednesday for the stream and thank you once again have a good one and we'll see you again soon
When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game.